So this is Rachel. Hi. Hi. Hello. Okay. Cool. All right. So um, right, we're on. <laughs> we're on. So we just. Awesome. You can't ramble like always. You've got to do a little bit tighter, partly because you've got to go to bed. And we're sitting on the steps of the Osprey Centre, and uh, we need to go have lunch or do something. Yeah, you too. Um, so, um, so this is Rachel uh, Lewin, who is um, American and who's doing a PhD in medical education, and who I met today in person, but recognised from Twitter, and is uh, MedEd Unicorn on Twitter. Yep. Um, and cool. uh, so we met here in Vienna, Austria, at on the last day of the Amy conference, and. You know, one of the first things she said to me when I said, oh, I've got this little podcast with this friend of mine, and, uh, um, and she said, oh, she's one of my favourites on Twitter. So, oh, that's so nice. <laughs> it's accurate. That's so nice. You know, I'm so excited because your hair looks like the food I had for breakfast yesterday. I had blue <laughs> food for breakfast, so your hair is exactly the same. <laughs> this is true, and there was some sort of emoji. That's true. There was an emoji going back and forth of uh, a true. unicorn... A unicorn ice cream swirl. That seems that's, that's perfect. Yeah. My co-presenter here gave me like a galaxy unicorn pin. I've just like really yeah. embraced the unicorn thing. Hey. Okay, because I'm on a mobile, so we'll just see how we go, and hopefully we are recording. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. But good news, my headphones work this time because this last time I put in the wrong hole. You know how last time it didn't work? I actually put this in the wrong hole right. in the headphones. Right. So you're technically challenged. That's good. Um, so yeah, yeah. on the topic on the topic of being technically challenged. Um, we, you know, Rachel and I kind of met up today because uh, we were having a similar conversation in real life and on Twitter, um, which I'm going to let Rachel talk about, about um, technology use and access of um, medical education information by students and patients and educators um, on and, and whether or not we should or shouldn't be doing that. Um, tell us what about the session this morning and how the conversation went. Yeah, so on my side, I went to a session this morning that was a symposium on the future of the undergraduate medical education curriculum. And a couple of the medical students who are on the student task force here gave a presentation. And in their presentation, they basically called for a revision of the curriculum in which there was much less didactic content and much more opportunities for them to seek out information on their own. So to Google information, to figure out sources of information, etc. And when we got to the discussion portion of the symposium, like person after person, older people, stood up uh, to say that basically with outrage, like you can't Google stuff, there's bad information on the internet. And I just thought that was so interesting because when People, be, when these students become doctors and are current doctors, right, they have to be able to use the resources that are out there, and many of them are digital, and they have to be able to separate the wheat from the chaff, right? They have to be able to figure out what is good information, and it makes no sense to me that we don't want to teach those skills to our medical students, but instead we just want to be like, no, you should read that textbook, because that was curated five years ago by some group of people. It's, it is 
so interesting. Like as a as a parent, we're saying all the time people are saying to their kids, no screen time, get the technology off them, get back to, you know, the old ways that I'm comfortable with, that we learnt and we need a rote learn and we need times table charts and spelling. And I guess medical education is exactly the same. I mean, my medical school was six years, three years sat in lectures. Um, many of them, the lecturer had given the same talks for the last 15 years didactic teaching cheap to deliver yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, don't remember much of it uh, but that was kind of the way we felt safe that way but um, medicine is just moving on so rapidly you, well, can't, you just can't keep up Hey, Tan, but I think it's the world who's moved on and we're there. Like, I don't think we can actually keep our heads in the sand. That's an ostrich view. Yes. We're already there. It's yeah. a little bit, you yeah, know, like... So Rachel has this absolutely fabulous tattoo of Hippocrates <laughs> on her left um, arm. Shut up. No, and so I was talking uh, about... Our, it should be on Twitter. I, I, yeah, I was <laughs> talking... Does. she. I was talking about our podcast of Hippocrates should be on Twitter and I think it's the same. Like, And it's the conversations yes. we've had before with Min with Laura about, yeah. you know, if you're not there, you're not part of the conversation, you don't know what's happening. And I think what we must be responsible for as educators is ensuring that our students or our learners, whether they're registrars, peers, people you know, uh, people who might even be above, know how to responsibly access the information that's there and also help our patients responsibly access yeah. that information. And so yeah. our job really is now, like librarians, to be curators and be able to direct people to the right technology at the right time. Um, it already exists. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. Um, and Google is there. And so, you know, it's one thing to say to people, I don't want you to go to Dr. Google, but like, I am a human being and I am a medical educator and a clinician and I go to Google. But I, I happen to have an education whereby I can read through what is the fake news and what's the good stuff. And I think that's my responsibility as an educator and a clinician to be able to direct my students and my patients um, and trainees to what is good and what is not. Yeah, someone else yeah, in the look. symposium talked about how the model wasn't patients as consumers anymore, but patients as prosumers. Like they were starting to be actual pro producers, co-producers of medical information, and that doctors needed to, we need to be training doctors who were equipped to <coughs> manage that and to actually contend with that when patients came in rather than, like you're saying, just be like, don't go to Dr. Google because obviously everyone is going yeah, to I'm Google. The, and these sort of like snippy things that doctors have, which is like, oh, you might have Google, but I've got a medical degree. And it's like, well, the internet actually has a lot more information on it than my brain does, despite... <laughs> in terms of facts, what I have is an ability to distill and, and work out what's important and where the good sources are. It's an interesting um, topic because I was following the New Zealand Anaesthetic Conference over the weekend in Queenstown, and there was a chap from Stanford, Ed Mariano, who gave a um, an interview on New Zealand TV, and he said it's the obligation of doctors to be on the internet to dispel all the nonsense. Like, we're actually obliged to be on the internet to give proper health information for patients. That's our duty. And that kind of parallels um, Laura Dugan, who said it was unethical for doctors in 2019 not to be on the internet because that's where our patients are. That's where our medical students are. We can't pretend like it's not happening. No. It's happening. And I think, I think as medical educators, we need to um, embrace that and learn how to 
teach that, how to teach how responsibly being on the internet, responsibly being on social media and the limitations. Like we've said before, you know, like somebody put something in a tweet does not make it fact. Um, you know, you well, need to be able to, you need to be able to then look at that where's information, the where's, the yeah, source, where's the source, find the source, download the source, read the source, critically appraise it. And so just like we teach critical appraisal, appraisal of scientific literature, we need to teach critical appraisal, appraisal of yeah. social media and and other forms um, of, of information. Well, you know, it's going to be a lot more important moving forward than things like, you know, Wheatstone Bridges that we learn in our primary anaesthetic exam, you know. I have no idea what you just said. What, what were you, I don't know. Like you I don't. Give it, I don't you know can't what give you just said. Unless you can draw the diagram of what a Wheatstone bridge right. is and the right. chemical structure of all the drugs, etc. Okay. You, you can't do it. It's not possible. Well, I also think we have to like we have to stop accepting disdain for our our learners. Right. This. I mean, our millennials aren't even our learners really at this point anymore. But we have to we have to stop accepting these. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, Gen Y, etc. Yeah, yeah oh, they're so lazy. They can't be bothered. Yeah, they're, they're just entitled. No, and yeah, like, they're spoiled. They're lazy. Yeah, this and, caricature. And off, yeah, millennial off, reporting it and to say not true. And <laughs> and I think you know just now with the petrificature sessions, that was really clear with like what Jason Frank was mm-hmm. saying. Like these are the zombies that need to go. Um, and these are the things that need to live. And some of those things that need to live are the ideas of the, of the learners and the youth because, you know, I mean, now I sound like, you know, a ridiculous song. They're our future. Um, and so, you know, less zombies and uh, more living yeah. um, and more yeah, power to really the millennials. Like, I don't really, yeah, I don't really like it. It's that casualisation. We just say mean things about... Um, are oh, the, the young docs or the juniors or the millennials like they don't know anything well I'll tell you they know heaps <laughs> they're really smart and also they're in a much more competitive world now um, you know New Zealand and Australia medicine is so competitive to get into medical school to get into training etc hard work yep well I'm going to leave it to the millennial to have the last word so Rachel what do you think um, I think that we need to think about how we intentionally redesign curriculum so that it is more like personally generative and uh, leaves it up to our learners to do more themselves and is less didactic. Cool. All right. Hey. Awesome. Thanks, Gongasiel. I'm going to let you go to sleep because I know you've got a big day tomorrow and it's nighttime in Australia. And um, I'm going to go enjoy some sun and warmth. Have a great day in Vienna, ladies. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Bye. See you, girls. Bye.